Hello again, everyone. Welcome to the Changing the Narrative podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Gabriel Warren, along with Carl Benson, co-host here. Um, and tonight we have a very special guest, our brother here, Nate Carter. So, um, Nate, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for being a part of it. Um, I'm looking forward to this conversation because I know that it's going to be probably pretty insightful, man. So, uh, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. So for the people who are listening in, um, we always like to start out by just kind of sharing with the audience a little bit about you, your background, what you do professionally. So kind of start by just giving us a little bit about who you are. Okay. Um, well, my name is Nate. Uh, uh, Nate Carter. I actually run a couple of organizations here in the Twin Cities uh, focusing on gun violence and uh, restorative justice. So just speaking in that space is bringing my love for tech uh, over to this nonprofit sector in Minnesota, and it is, it's been a run. Um, so bringing my love for data and showing how data shows up in these ways, it's just everything. So, and getting to do a lot of the on the ground work and just mentoring with a lot of kids and people who show up that look like me. So I'm also a really good, uh, I'm a new member of the Twin Cities 100, uh, 100 Black Men chapter, which is amazing, growing, doing a really, like, a lot of great, great work in the Twin City. So, I'm excited for all that. That's, uh, I pre- we, we appreciate the plug, uh, just full transparency. We are all members of the 100 Black Men. And I think that the, the beauty of having so many men that we're working with, um, you're able to have these conversations, right? So thank you, not only for that, but thank you for being here tonight. Um, Speaking of some of the stuff you do, and I know a little bit about what you do, but I think, can you tell us to what extent uh, you consider it vital for a, a Black man to be in this space and the significance of you in this space that you're in, taking your tech background, but bringing into some of that violence prevention and whatnot? Can you tell us a little bit about how you see the importance of that? Um, absolutely. So... The importance is actually being able to make that data show up in a way that people can actually see it and translate it into a to a higher order, right? Like uh, most of the time, uh, there's a lot of great organizations that do this work on the ground, but never get the, the solid recognition that they need because they can't translate it into big bucks or um, corporate funds or any of that stuff in this space. So I think uh, having the knowledge of uh, coming from corporate America to here, um, gives me an understanding of the other side of it and how to change uh, the narrative to fit some of that stuff. Um, like a lot of the numbers that my team gets and the organizations that I deal with, um, you can't get that data anywhere. Like you, you really can't. Like no matter what you try to do and how you try to show up, that's unquantified data. And how data runs the world, being able to say, hey, no, this was what we did in these specific hours and this time, and this is how this showed up and how it impacted the community, is game changing. And then having somebody who's not afraid to back down in those spaces is also good too. So, you know, man, Nate, that's that's a really good answer, man. And um, you know, this is this is not a question that you know I sent you ahead of time, but you know, you just talking about data and how important it is to analyze it and stuff like that. Can you talk a little bit about like why it's so important for specific, I'm thinking about black men and black communities to understand how important data is. Cause a lot of times when we talk to black people, I know this is like a broad statement, but 
there is a little bit of a misconception that black people don't like data or black people don't like math. Yeah. So can you talk about how important uh, it is for us to get into that? Absolutely. So they can tell you all day that they don't like math, but um, speaking frankly, uh, coming from the South side of Chicago, I know a lot of the, the hustlers are probably the best mathematicians I've ever met in my life. Um, so just understanding how to take stuff that we normally wouldn't think about using and showing up and writing it down and quantifying it, that's the part, right? It's being able to tangibly come and show your work. Um, when I was in school, right, they would be like, teachers would be like, show your work, and you wouldn't understand why. I just give you the answer. I don't want to show my work. What you talking about? So it's about showing the, the steps it took to get to that greatness, right? Like everybody's so focused on like the end result and the the piece of it all, they didn't they skipped over the whole war it took to get there. And by documenting that war through data, um, nobody can take it from you. Um, and then you can ask for it in a way that people can't say no to it. Um, and you could try to, but you really can't, you can't people lie all the time, but numbers, they never lie to you. They can tell whatever story you need them to tell and however you need them to tell it. So and I think if more people did that, there would be more opportunity um, for funding because other people can't uh, claim your work. And I'm being really nice by saying it the most politically correct way I possibly can. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. So, so what's your, what's your driving force then? What motivates you to do this every single day? Yeah. Um, so every day I get up, um, a couple things. So I have a couple, couple driving forces. So one is I have a son. Uh, he's my little guy, and I, I need to, I need to change the dynamic of this world the best way I possibly can, so that his kids, kids won't have to deal with some of the same things that I had to deal with, the same thing that my grand, grand, grandfathers had to deal with, and you know, I, it's, it's getting old. You know, <laughs> like it's been old, but it's, it's we at the point where it's getting old. Um, and then uh, just believing and wishing that I had somebody in my corner to to step down and look at me and look for me in a way that I needed back in when I was uh, growing up. And there's two things I believe in. I teach it in my curriculum. I teach it in everything I do. And that's hearts and minds, right? If I can change either one of those, you change the stars completely. And that's how you rewrite everything that they thought they knew. Like, hope is great, and I believe in hope, but hope is, like, it's only good when you have something tangible to put with it, right? And if I can show you a realistic action plan on how that goes, worth it. So for me, it's seeing those people that normally wouldn't get help. It's helping those people that normally nobody would talk to. It's standing in the gap for people that look like me, uh, because a lot of times we, we don't have voices in spaces. And being able to have voices and not just shutting up and dribbling on the ball or or whatever they try to, you know, tell you to do and just take it. Like, nah, respectfully. Um, and the words of Rosa Park, nah. <laughs> That's good, man. <clears throat> That's good. So, you know, you, you kind of in the beginning talked a little bit about, you know, the spaces you're in and the things you're wanting to do. Can you kind of share a little bit more, um, maybe outline some of the things you do to give back to your community, 
what does that look like for you, uh, possibly with your work, but then also if there's things non-work related that you do to give back? Absolutely. So a couple of things. So we'll go ahead and shout out the 100 again, uh, because that's that's work, right? That's the work that we really do. And y'all in it, y'all know what time. We really do this work, and it's how we show up for kids and people and spaces to give them something different, right? Um, I also, me personally, uh, well, we'll get to we'll get to what I do personally in a second. But work-wise, I created um, opportunities and lanes for people to create that data, right? Like I have created uh, a data housing platform for nonprofits and grassroots organizations that are black-led to have something so they can take their data, write it down, and translate it into something that's great. Um, so when it's t so right now, I'm working on. I'm working on building out a, y'all get the scoop. I'm working on building out a, a platform that helps you easily fund grants. So instead of having a long, tedious process of grant making, like we'll, we'll go through a couple of like rubrics and questions, but most of that stuff is the same. So when it's time to do one, you'll have a housing platform to house all your information that you already have so that people can pick and choose and plot it into spaces. And then hold you accountable, like an action accountable plan, so they can do that in spaces. So, you know, it's just it's really about doing the work and helping the people that's actually doing the work that I love. Um, but a little bit more about what I do. So right now we're over in uh, Brooklyn Park, which is in Minnesota. Uh, it's like probably one of the highest crime rate areas, and doing the work over there has changed how things showed up. Right when we got there, it was gun violence was. Uh, up 119% in the last two years, right? It's crazy, right? Um, specifically because that's where they house all the all the low-income and less fortunate people, right? Um, that happen to look like me, more than not, right? And just throwing them away. Um, and it's changing that narrative because if you look right now on Google, it says, uh, you know how they list what it is? It says junk space. That's that's exactly what they call it. Wow. So that that shows up in that in that space of just understanding how people are and showing up. So what we did was we moved in over there. I built a uh, a rec center um, and really focused on like giving back and giving people a place outside of their home to come and just show up and learn, grow, build. I do something called healing circles, which focus on trauma relief and trauma reform and just being there. And have an opportunity to say how you feel, say how you you do it, and healthy practices to make you okay on the back end. Um, it also has like games and stuff, has computers and stuff in there for kids. It also has like um, tutor programs, all, all the things that you need in order to have a healthy have a healthy like time. I guess I, I don't. I think that's the best way I can put it. Um, so that's that's part of what we do. We also are over north. Um, in North Minneapolis too, doing the work over there. We just opened a uh, another like rec office space um, on 36th and Fremont. So you know, mm -hmm. it's it's about really doing the work in the community and showing up. We did like Christmas giveaways. We did all the all the things, right? All the things we've done um, from housing to um, uh, showing up at people court hearings. Like all, all of the things in order to get people there, all the way we have uh, my staff. I have three therapists um, that are black 
that show up. You know, we have these things. If you want to do something, we have like, uh, it's, it's a lot of things in that space, right? Um, but personally, I just finished my book. Um, I wrote a book that's called Letters to My Son. It is uh, a black father's journal to his son. Mm. It's all about like building legacy and generational wealth. Mm. And that's how I see it. So um, my aim is to, so here's the book. Um, my aim is to create uh, to create an opportunity for fathers to leave like a Bible to their kid. I don't want to call it a Bible, but like I think about like when I was growing up, if I ever had an opportunity that I needed to talk to my dad or it was something I was too ashamed to talk to my dad about and he had a book that I can just go read it and understand his words and his wisdom, I think it would have helped me a lot growing up. So I created that. Um, for all the fathers who are not only present, but specifically for the ones that are absent. Mm -hmm. So those fathers that are in prison that can't get words to their kids, that can't show them that, and all these all these stories that are in there are written by the father. So it's prompts in there, like, how do you show up to love? Like, what does that look like? You know, like, what happens if your heart breaks? Like, you know, what happens if somebody steals from you? Or what, whatever that case is, you'll be able to hear that from somebody that you respect and somebody you admire. And the goal is, is to create an anthology behind it, right? And yeah. take some of those stories um, and the people who have shared those stories for their kids to have, to, to take that, the revenue and create a trust for their kids to really start and build that generational wealth. And we're talking like long-term like successions and goals. And that's, and the reason for the anthology is because the kids who don't have fathers, because, you know, I, I know a lot of guys who have passed, you know, who left on good legacies and can't instill their words into their kids. So it's not, I don't know, it's a space, man. It's a space that was heavy on my heart, and that's how I show up. So, wow. yeah. yeah. Congratulations. Oh, that was long. Yeah. Before I, Thanks, uh, man. before I move on to my next question, put your, hold your book back up. And then also, um, where can we buy it or where can listeners buy the book? Where are you selling it at? It's on Amazon. Uh, it's on Amazon, but if, if people reach out to me, I, I am more than happy to give it to them for free. I am, I'm, I'm more, I'm really more about showing up for people and in the space of me, because a lot of people just need that. Like it isn't, it isn't about like really the money, it's about doing the actual work. And I think that those stories, those stories are generational worth, like they, they are worth their price in gold anyway. So creating that opportunity to like change how black fathers show up for black boys is important. That's how we attack it, at least in my mind. Right on. I mean, you might, this might be a very interesting, this will be an interesting question for me to ask you, but what then would be your particular, like what misconception do you see about black men in society that you would like to eliminate? Now it's a tough one, right? But I mean, Ooh. I, Which I one would you like to go to? Just tell us maybe a couple misconceptions that you, if you could right now, wave a magic Ooh. wand and uh, get rid of. Uh, the biggest, my biggest misconception, probably one of the ones that I would like to read right now is that, that we don't, that, that we're tough. Like we're, we're like super, like we can take all the, all the, I'm trying not to cuss, but all the, all the, the, the sugar, honey, iced tea that people throw at us and like we don't have feelings and we're just like super predators and all the 
all the things that just make you feel like you can't show up and there's no ounce of vulnerability that you can show up with and still get the respect that you need, right? Uh, it's okay to talk about your trauma. Like that's that's one of the things I, I just better to get it out than to bottle it up and then having healthy like spaces and then woo, woo. one of the biggest misconceptions that I want to change so bad is that black fathers don't be there for their kids. Mm. I hate that. I hate it so much. I hate it so like black fathers aren't good because statistically speaking, you know being raised by black fathers, like being raised by a single black father is like being raised by a two parent household. And we don't look at that number, right? Or we don't talk about like what that looks like. And then probably another one, and I probably start with this one, is that um, my skin is is a problem and it's a cause for pause for a lot of people. Um, so, you know, I, I just want to be happy. I just want to go to the store, get some Fruit Loops or whatever I want to. I just want to, I just want to do whatever I can do and not have people Look at me, right. think I'm. I, I just I hate it. I hate it. I hate it so, 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 so much. Yeah. yeah no, that's that. I'm glad you pointed that out, man. Because, like you said, the list could go on and on and on. And and I think that you know this is what we're trying to do with the podcast. We're trying to find ways to eradicate those things and showcase that brothers like all three of us are. We're out here. We're showing up for our families. We're trying to be active in our communities in positive ways. And I think, you know, that that is amazing that you're doing a lot of those things, man. So thank you for what you're doing for the community. So thank you. I, I think it's important though to also mention that we we're doing this without any rubrics. Like we nobody passed this down us. No we, there's no there's no like I, I I no this this is all because we saw a need and we stepped up to to be in a space. That's right. That's what they and I feel like right now they're trying to take that away from us. Yeah. And they right. just trying to like make all men docile, and I don't like it. Right, right, right. So I'm curious, man. You're doing some amazing work, and you know, you you've given us a little bit about all the layers of the things you're doing. So, how would you define success from your perspective? Ooh. So when you sent this question, I had to I had to look at it, right? So I define success significantly different, and I think success is. So there's, there's two forms of success, right? There's success when we are looking at something like at a very logical space. It's achieving something that you that you set out to do, right? Mm -hmm. That's cool. But success to me is showing up in spite of, even, even when you know something isn't going to go your way, success is consistently showing up, right? Success is waking up and pushing the next part, the next Foot, the next inch, the next it, that's what success is. Success is doing the unthinkable thing and uh, the 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 impossible thing with light effort. That's 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 what it is. And make everybody think that it's just easy and it's not, right? Like we being a black man is hard, but it looked good. You understand what I'm saying? It looked real good. And everybody wanna be it, you know, that's how it show up, but it's it's hard. And just showing up and spite of everything, it's success. Even when you know that you have failed, right? It's still understanding and taking our lessons from it. I'm a, I'm a scientist, right? So my degree is in physics and math. So I'm, I am a scientist, right? But I believe we learn a lot from our failures and being willing to fail is true success for me. Right on. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, I remember I told you, Gabriel, this, this is the dude, right? This, is, <laughs> this guy's big problem. I, 
I, I enjoy talking to you. I, I, okay, so here's my here's my next question for you. Uh, like, what is your key message um, to that you want to get out to the listeners of this podcast about the experience or and or the significance of being a black man in America? Like, what what's your hmm. what's the key message that you would say if you dropped on a planet and you had to explain to aliens what it is to be a black man in America? Oh, and a real good, like, I can test, right? Okay. It's dangerous, but dope as shit. Like, that, that is, that is, that's how I would express it. It is being, it's being told no. And then the spite of being told no, it's creating yes. Like, it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's changing norms. It's, it's shifting, it's shifting ideas. It is the catalyst for life itself. Like, I, I, I just believe, you know, uh, it's it's just something about like the essence of what a black man is and how we show up in anything mm-hmm. from the way that we greet each other to the way that you know we show up to protect people. Like even in that whole spectrum of how that thing is, it's just something about it. Like people want to emulate it, they can't take it. Like no matter how cool or how dark you make it, it you can't do it. Like it's it's great, and then we would be outside in the sun. Oh, you know, so. <laughs> <laughs> <This dude>. man. <laughs> man, that's good, man. So, Sorry. so this this next question should probably you probably have already addressed it a little bit throughout your answers because you weaved in a lot in the different questions we've asked. But uh, from your perspective, what should the narrative be about? what it means to be a black man in our culture. When you think about all the things you've shared before, and if you were talking to somebody and you were trying to change that narrative, what would you want that to be? Well, what I want the narrative to be, I think the narrative should be, what I want the narrative to be for me or what I want the narrative to be for black people in general. And those are two totally different. Either one. Okay. So what I want people to do when I walk in the room is just move out the way. Like, you know, just let me have space, you know to operate like we can shake hands but let's talk about the work let's let's focus up breathe Nate this is what this was one of those questions when y'all sent it to me I was like don't don't go too off but I want the narrative to be is I am an amazingly smart person that doesn't need um anything to prove my worth to anybody mm-hmm. like I just I just want to be able to be present without having to prove myself in any capacity. Like, I, I know that sounds crazy, but you'll be surprised how many times you do. Or right. that um, there's no need for me to code switch. Because, um, you know, I just be able to show up on my most authentic self and really be there. But, you know, that don't really mean things, you know. Cause, huh, they tell you to show up in your most authentic self, but they don't really want to see it. And most of the time, that's how that goes, so. Just being able to be whoever I am in whatever capacity I want to be there and, you know, let that be enough. Period. That's good, man. We get it. I know, Carl, you, you probably got the next question, but I'll just yeah. say, man, we get it. I mean, I think all three of us on the Zoom can relate to what you're saying in this moment, <sighs> even in our own individual spaces. It's hard. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for that. It's hard. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> So hats off to y'all too. That's that's hard, man. I appreciate you. Well, we're we're wrapping up. We're getting toward the end of it. I want to ask you this, guys, because I we 
I know you're doing a ton of stuff. How do folks follow you? Or are you, are you in this space? First of all, you want people to follow you, follow your work. Is it a website, LinkedIn, Instagram? What, what, what do you got? What, what can people follow? We'll make sure we put it on the pod as well. You can follow me on LinkedIn. Um, it's Nate Carter. Uh, you'll see me. I'm the handsome black dude standing up with the white dude. You'll see me. Uh, <laughs> it's okay. Uh, you can follow me on uh, on Instagram. It's Tune the World. Uh, T U N E D A World. And that's just you know. Um, you can come to our website if you are looking to have a conversation at the moment. It is called uh, Be Restored, M N or restorationinc.com so, dot org dot org yeah. so, where I'm at Nate I, I mean, I'll tell you two things man one thank you for being a part of the, the podcast man I, I appreciate your authenticity I appreciate your uh, courage and your boldness to share um, and this is kind of what we you know want to share with people man we want to share the fact that black men are not all the same and you know, mm-hmm. we are three black men on this Zoom, but we are coming from three very different experiences. So I think um, it's important to have these voices. And then the second thing I'll say, man, is just, you know, keep doing what you're doing, man. I think we don't share with each other enough how much we appreciate each other and the work we do, because uh, to your interview, it is hard to be a black man. It's hard to do the things we do and to show up every day when everybody outside of us are looking at us kind of with a side eye. So. Man, I just want to say thank you for all the work that you're doing and all the things that you are um, giving back to the community, man. So I appreciate you for being a guest on the podcast, for sure. Yeah. I appreciate y'all, man. Appreciate it.